Family, we're privileged this morning to have Aaron with us to share from the scriptures. And uh, many of you will remember, even though Aaron and Angie were primarily a part of our West Bend site, you'll remember their faces and, and their names. Uh, just to give you a little bit of background, Aaron and Angie uh, kind of grew in their leadership through Kettlebrook, amongst other areas and places too, but they led a great small group. Uh, I believe, Aaron, you, didn't you guys help start the youth ministry? So what is now, they were a part in starting that. I think they led that charge uh, for middle school and high school. They led short-term teams to Siberia and Kosovo, and they were a part of being the first sent out couple, family, from Kettlebrook and spent the last three years in Montenegro, learning the language, befriending new people, uh, seeking to be and show and tell the good news of Jesus. If Hebrews 11 <laughs> were not complete in the scriptures, their names would be part of the heroes of the faith for giving up all and stepping out in faith to do what they did. They're now in this season of transition where they're back here in the Milwaukee area seeking what God has for them next. But anyone who sells their business, <laughs> who moves their whole family all the way across the world, we, we should have ears to hear what God would want to say to us through him. So will you guys warmly welcome up Aaron and what he has to share with us this morning? Thanks, man. Okay, well, Ryan kind of makes us sound like we're awesome, but in reality... Uh, we've kind of been the, Ket the Kettlebrook guinea pigs, you know, the first sent out, got to work in a youth ministry just as it started, led, they say we were on the, the, forced, the first short-term team that they learned all the, all the lessons from, that they learned what not to do. Um, and probably only a few of those things are my fault. Um, so... Uh, a little bit more background on on who we are and what we were doing. We were in a country called Montenegro for the last three years. Um, let's see, Ryan gave you a bunch of this. We were working toward going to a place called the Sanjak region. We were living in the capital city of Montenegro, and our goal long-term was to get to the north part of the country where... There was exactly what Ryan was talking about. There were no churches. There are no Christ followers. There is no one to share the gospel among 100,000 Muslim people. Um, what it is to follow Christ and who he is and um, to give them that joy and that hope in their lives. There was no one. So, for three years, we... Um, We will learn language. We endeavored to make friends and be part of community all, and, and to start a business in order to send ourselves and others to this region that um, nobody's ever heard. And now, for whatever reason, we are we're back in Milwaukee. God has called us back. He made it really clear that um, he was speaking and that it was our time to at least come here. Um, and as you can tell, this is real easy. 
This was so easy when I practiced. This didn't happen once. Um, and so we've been we've been back um, in 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 the Milwaukee area for about two months now, just trying to get our bearings straight, figure out what's going on. Um, but unfortunately, we really don't know a whole lot more than what we got off the plane knowing we're supposed to be here um, we're supposed to re-engage and you know live life we got our kids registered in school they're doing great we've got we've got a good apartment to live in we live in a, a good neighborhood um, so we're we're excited to be here um, but unfortunately there are a lot of days where I still find myself wanting to complete this um, this unattained goal, this thing that we set out to do, this this calling that God asked us to do, but yet we never completed. And so I I'm still in this spot where I'm confused about it all, and I wonder why we started down this road, and there's still a hundred thousand people there that have no access. To who Christ is. So, as I'm speaking and sharing today, I realize that's where I'm at. It's not a great place to be at, um, but hey, you, you get what you get. Um, I'm not real good at um, putting on putting on a facade anymore and and doing a song and a dance. It doesn't it doesn't really work well for me. Um, so. And I don't, and I don't want you to hear that um, I'm a, I'm upset with God, or how He's leading us, or or what he, what He's asked us to do in our lives. I'm not. Um, I know He has a purpose in all of this, um, but the the process over the last few years has taken a bit of, to- of a toll on myself, my family, um, and so that's actually. What I'm going to talk about today, what, what is God doing when he asks us to be on mission? What is God doing when we, we step out in faith or things happen in our lives um, and they, they don't seem to go as planned? What is, what, is, what is going on and what does it have to do with being on mission for him? Because it has everything to do with it and and i'll get there in a second um i'm gonna i'm gonna walk you through a little bit of our um our process coming home um we knew we knew in may something was up that god was asking us to transition and we didn't know where we didn't know how we didn't know what um to the best of our knowledge, we figured that we we probably needed to move to a bigger apartment. We lived in 650 square feet with a family of four. Um, it was it was a little bit cramped at time, especially when you have a 10-year-old boy. See here? No, he's not. Who's really really busy and talks a lot and just goes and goes and goes and goes. Sometimes you just need a break, and that never ever happened. So he's a great kid. <laughs> And I love him, but, you know, 
in a, in, a, in tight quarters, sometimes it got a little tough. So we were thinking, ah, maybe we need more space. We lived um, in a place where everything was concrete. Everything you touched, everything you felt was concrete. The, the house was concrete. The floors are concrete. Um, we walked out of, our, out of our apartment building to a parking lot. My kids played in the street and in the parking lot. We were never around green things. And so we thought, okay, maybe a bigger place, maybe just a little bit of green space, you know, posted stamp lawn that you could at least stand and feel, you know, the grass beneath your feet. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's what's going on. Maybe that's the, the transition. Maybe that's all that we need. Um, so we were, we were literally praying about what our, what our next step is. If we're going to change neighborhoods where in the city, a different city, um, what, what is God doing in this transition time? And one day I was talking about it with a friend of mine over lunch. Um, and this friend, he, um, he was a, a, I guess he would be a resident assistant at um, a drug and rehabilitation center. Really, really great guy. Um, and we were just talking about, you know, what God's doing. This, this rehabilitation center had been really um, our lifeblood and um, our, our access to the gospel. We actually worshipped with them. It was a Christian-based center. It was really, really good. And so we, we loved being around them and, um, and serving them actually I worked with them all the time and we were we were constantly a part of them and so I'm talking to this guy just about what's going on and he said Aaron Kim can I tell some of some of the leadership here in the in the center what's going on and what you guys are going through so they can pray for you and I said yeah I'm not I'm not going to tell somebody no you can't pray for me and that's kind of dumb um so he did and about a week later, I got a phone call from uh, Split Croatia, which is like the main hub of this group of rehabilitation centers. It's where their headquarters is. And um, a friend of mine who works there um, called, and he said, you know, Aaron, we heard what you're going through. We hear that you're, you're just kind of in this, this limbo transition time. You want to come to Croatia for the summer? Um, come stay with us. You know, take take a load off a little bit, get out of your stressful environment, and um, just just kind of see what God says. You guys can be with us, you can serve with us, you can work with the guys, and you can work with the women. We've got a kids camp coming up. Your kids can attend the kids camp. Just come and be a part of us for the summer and see what God says. And so we took them up on it. And shortly after school let out, um, we went to Croatia. And this this actually happened in a matter of like two weeks, uh, maybe three, where they, I told, I told my, my friend, and then we got invited to Croatia, and then we went for the summer. Um, so we went there, and we were doing really well. The kids were having a blast. They went to camp. Um, I connected well with the men. I was having a great time, and she connected well with the women and served in their gift shop and stuff. My job was to do whatever they told me to do. I cleaned stoves that got donated and fixed them. It was a really gross job. But I, I loved it. I was having a great time. And I began to think, you know, God, if this is where you want us for the time being, um, this is a good place for us to serve. We can still look at the Sanjak, still look at going there. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't change very much. If this is where you want us to serve, I'll stay. 
because this is good. If you want us to stay here, have them extend an invitation for us to stay here. And um, a few weeks after that, after we began asking that, we were counseling with the guy who founded this group of rehabilitation centers in Eastern Europe. Just We were telling him where we were at as we were trying to figure stuff out, and he gave us just wonderful advice, really, really wise man. Um, and at the end of the time, he said, you know, just so you guys know, you can stay here as long as you want. You can serve with us. You can be with us. Um, and you're welcome here. And at, at the very moment I heard what I had been asking God to say to me, the voice of the Lord, oh God said, no, you're supposed to go back. We got what we had been praying for. God said, no. But there was incredible peace in it. And so... We came back to the States about four days before school started. Got our kids in school, and things are good. But I tell you that story so you can hear the step-by-step process of what God was doing, how he was speaking just in time, every time. We were praying, you know, up until a few weeks before school let out about what was next. And God said, go to Croatia. So we did. And then we're praying that God, you know, give us the next step. What do you want? If you want us to stay, we'll stay. And not only did he give us what we wanted to hear, but he spoke even more than that and said, you got to go. And he did it in time enough to get our kids in school and to transition into school in really a seamless manner and with, with all of the other kids, and it was all good. Um. These things lock up if you don't play with them. So that, that actually brings me to, to what I want to talk about today. It's, it's a passage of Scripture that God has been speaking to us through this whole process. Um, and we've been, we've been meditating on it. And it's brought us a lot of hope and peace in this kind of uncertain time in our lives and so if you want to turn to john 15 um, we're going to read verse 1 through 8 on page 750 Um, and this this is an important part of scripture this is one of the last things that jesus talked to his disciples about he did this at the last supper so this is you know one of the last bits of wisdom Jesus is giving his dudes before he dies. So, it says this. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me. And I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. 
If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory, and that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So I told you about our our apartment in Montenegro, in Podgorica, the big concrete one. It was on the third floor of um, of kind of a family-owned building, maybe six units, five apartments, one business. And the one good thing about the, the green space situation was if we went out the balcony on our on our bedroom, it overlooked a vineyard. And I learned a lot about vineyards just watching what they did and how they cared for the thing because really... I don't know anything about grapes. And so what grandma and grandpa did every year was a routine. They would go out just after the rain started or stopped and around each each vine, which was maybe about this big around and this tall, they'd put some manure and begin to cultivate the soil and put some nutrients in it. And then as spring came and things began to blossom and sprout, they would go back to each and every vine. And Grandma would take a pair of scissors and she would clip off all of these little sprouts that came out in weird spots. You know, maybe ones that weren't going to get any sun or were way at the bottom and would never bear any fruit. She would take those off right away and she would do this routinely about every couple of weeks. And as summer progressed, as these sprouts that she kept grew bigger and bigger into the branches, she would trim the branches and take off the leaves that were good, no good, take off damaged blossoms, and really work on these things. Until this stump that started about, about this high and about that big around turned into a plant that was about this wide and maybe about that tall and grew on these, these wires that they had strung out for the vineyard. And she took incredible care of this, of this vineyard. Um, it was it was their livelihood. They survived off it. From this vineyard and the garden that surrounded and that surrounded it and the garden that they actually planted in between the rows, a family of six survived off it for food. They sold the extra stuff for income. And it was it was everything. So what I want to do and talk about um, this passage here in John is talk about it from the perspective of the gardener, the perspective of the little old lady and the little old man that took care of this thing. Because so many times when I've heard this this passage um, talked about or I've read it and I thought about it personally, I thought about, okay, so how, how do I remain in Christ? What does that mean? How do I not be one of those goofy branches that gets cut off and burned? I don't want that. You know, I want to I wanna follow Christ. I want to bear fruit. What does that look like? But I'd rather look at it from the perspective of the gardener because I think that's the very thing that helps us remain in, in Christ and bear fruit, be it here in Milwaukee or in Montenegro. 
It's all the same. Um, so, like our neighbors taking their time to carefully prune this, this useless growth in their vineyard, carefully removing the, the shoots and the branches um, that may not be healthy or necessary, God likewise prunes our lives. He takes off the things that might be unnecessary or unneeded, and it can be painful. Um, he takes off, helps us remove the sin and the stuff that holds us back. But always in this process, this pruning, this cultivating of, of the branches so they can bear fruit, God always has in mind the best for the plant. And not only the best for the plant, so it can bear fruit. Not just so it can have life, not just so it can exist, but all of these things happen to it so it can bear fruit. Um, and so when we sold our home in West Bend to move to Montenegro, that was, that was a hard thing. I felt like I was being pruned because, you know, it, it's your home. Your family's there. Your kids are raised there. It's, it's your, your place of, of safety, of solitude. It's good. And we sold that. And then we moved to Montenegro, and we kind of did it all over again. We, we finally moved to a, an apartment that we liked, even though it was really tiny, and we had, it, was, it was nice. You know, we had good stuff in it. It wasn't hard to live there. Um, and as soon as we got all of those things sorted out, God kind of pruned it again, and we moved back here. So we go through this, this, this pain of, okay, we leave home. It hurts. Uh, that's, that's okay to follow God on mission. And then that gets taken away, and that's, that's pruned away, and it hurts, and that's okay. God's, God's got this plan. But what I didn't realize is had we not sold our house in West Bend, had we kept the thing, um, I never would have moved to Milwaukee, to be 100% honest with you. I, I never would have even dreamed of it. We would have come back. We would have moved into our home had we kept it and started life over again. But because God had taken that thing away, it gave me the ability to move, to move south in the big city where I've never lived um, and to reach out in a place where there's a big need for the gospel among a, an immigrant community that we've started to engage and among our neighbors. I never would have done that. I never would have even considered bearing fruit in these places had God not pruned and and um, it been it been painful for us. And likewise, um, moving back to to Milwaukee hasn't exactly been an easy an easy transition either. I thought when when we sold our business, when I gave up my job here, that I'm doing it for a bigger purpose. You know, God cut that off so we can go. Makes sense. And I was working on start, starting a business there so we could go and take the gospel to a place where um, God wasn't known. And we had started to become marginally successful um, or had seen some success. And then God removed that. And we came back here to a place where I had no job and no business. He took those things away. And I'm still not sure why. But he's pruning. 
And I know that. And I keep hanging on to the fact that as he removes these things from my life, it's so I can bear fruit. And he's not doing it haphazardly. He's not doing it to see how I'll react. He's not doing it to test my faith or necessarily even to grow my faith. He is doing it so he can bear fruit through my life and through Angie's life. All of these circumstances that are hurt are because we live on mission no matter where we are. They hurt, but with, without certain things to hold us back, we can go where he wants us to. Without those things that take time and energy and um, can use up you know, part of who we are and we give a piece to that are good things, we can focus our energy into his work and doing what he's called us to do. Um, he's not just doing it to build resilience in our lives. The things like the, the loss of a home or the friends that we left or the, or the dreams that I had, are by, they're, they're by design. These things that God removes from our lives, these circumstances that he allows to happen, happen aren't happenstance. Um, they're for me to learn from. They're for me to build me up. But most importantly, they're removed so we can bear more fruit. They're removed because, because they can hinder what God is doing in our lives. They're pruned so the harvest from my life can be exceptional. You understand that? All of, all of the hurt, all of the things that are be ta- being taken away are so the harvest through us can be exceptional. He's pruning because he has a plan. He's working in the garden. He's taking off the shoots and leaves and fertilizing and doing all of those things so we can bear much fruit. Um, And so I want to kind of get back to what this means in in context of Mission Sunday. Um, got to admit, while I was working on this, uh, I, I kind of forgot what the point of coming here was today, that it was Mission Sunday, and, you know, they were having me back because we, we were living overseas. But the point is, it has everything to do with missions. Everything. Every hurt, every pain, everything that's removed, Every time God works in our lives, it's so we bear fruit. It's so that we can be unhindered to do what he wants us to do and go where he wants us to go. He does it because he cares, because he has a plan, and because he's working through us and with us. Um, You know, he wants to see People following him in places like the Sanjak region in Montenegro. He wants to see people following him here in Jackson. And he wants to see people following him in Milwaukee. And that means we have to live on mission. We have to go 
to and do whatever he calls us to do, no matter where it is. And sometimes the pruning happens voluntarily. Okay, I'm going to give this up because I think God wants me to go to Montenegro or to Milwaukee or to Jackson or to my neighbors. I'm going to take this thing and remove it so I can be more successful on mission, so I can be more freed up to do what he's asked me to do. And sometimes things like moving back here are not necessarily voluntary, that I wasn't ready to go, but I gave it up because he asked. Realizing and knowing that he has that plan, that he's working. And I don't know what that means for the Sanjak region right now. Um, I know he's going to send somebody there. I know that his desire is to send someone with the gospel, with the message of who Christ is there. I know that's his plan. And as long as I'm all right with it being me, not being me, whatever, and I'm willing to put myself in a place where he has control and removes the things and we can do what he wants us to do, he'll bear the fruit that he wants to through our lives. Um, and so one of the things that I, I want you guys to take away from this today is what what is God calling uh, how is God calling you to number 1 be more fruitful where is he calling you to bear fruit where is he leading you what is he doing because he's always pruning i watched the neighbors like clockwork they were out there all the time pruning fertilizing and working he's not doing nothing He's doing something. So the question is, is what is he doing? And secondly, if he's doing something, can you identify the areas in your life where he's pruning? For me right now, it's a cakewalk. Okay, I know. It's been slightly, slightly traumatic. Can I say that? Maybe not traumatic. Maybe not that, maybe not that crazy. But it's, it, it hurts. It's painful. And it's hard. And I know what he's pruning. But can you identify the areas that he's pruning in you so you can live on mission? Do you know? Because he's doing something. And it might be really hard to identify in ourselves, but it's there. He doesn't stop. The neighbors never stop until at the end of summer they had big, beautiful bunches of grapes that they could sell, that they could make wine out of, that they could turn profit with. They had a plan. They knew what they were doing, and God is the same. And so through all of this, if you guys can realize what he's doing, where he's pruning, where he wants to bear fruit in your lives, it becomes, it becomes easier to hang on to him and to remain in him because the pain, the hurt, um, the hard things he asks us to do, the hard things that he does to us can really be distracting. If I wanted to get distracted with what was going on and sit down and say, I, just, I have no clue right now. And I, I don't care 
what we're supposed to be doing right now. I don't care. I'm here. I'm going to wallow in it. And I'm going to be sad. If I wanted to do that, I could. And you know, there's, there's people in the, the missionary community who would pat me on the back and say, that's all right. It's a hard transition. This is really difficult for you. And it is. But that doesn't mean I get to forget that God is doing something. The pruning is happening. So if I wanted to wallow in it, I could. If I wanted to ignore what God was doing right here and now, I could. And I could probably get away with it. But he's, he's not doing nothing. He is doing something. And so I keep asking. I keep giving up the things that he asks me and requires of me to take the next step. And so what I want to leave you guys with today is what is God doing with your life? Where is he asking you to bear fruit? What is he doing? Is he asking you to let yourself be pruned? Is there something hard that is going to be required of you? And I can't tell you those things. I don't know what they are. Only you do. He's going to speak to you. But walk away knowing he's doing something. And that he's asking you to be on mission. And I think if you can identify where that's at, or identify the fact that you don't know, he'll help you figure it out. So let's pray together um, as I close here. Father, I thank you for bringing us here, for speaking through your word, and for for desiring us to bear fruit and desiring good for us and carefully caring for us and pruning for us so we might bear fruit wherever it is here in Montenegro, in Milwaukee. It doesn't matter. I thank you for doing that. And God, I ask that you would speak to our hearts. Speak where you desire us to to bear fruit in ourselves, in our communities, in our friendships. I ask that you would show us what you're doing. Show us where you desire to have fruit in our lives. And then show us what you want to prune. Show us what you want to remove. Show us what is hindering us from bearing fruit in those areas or hindering us from bearing more fruit or excellent fruit in those areas. I thank you for always being on mission and always sending and always working. And I ask that you would send somebody to the Sanjak region, who can share the gospel with them. In Jesus' name, amen.